Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabulsi. I am going to be your quasi-host for the next hour, one of your uh, trifecta of uh, personalities, if you will, on this uh, YouTube channel and this Facebook channel. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Please share this with your friends. We'd greatly appreciate it. I am joined by Dane Young, the uh, all-around technician slash uh, general manager of UGASports.com. We use him when we need all our scouting done. He does a great job. And of course, the person you are all tuned in to see, Jim Donnan, former head coach of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, college Hall of Famer, who is hoping to see a few of his uh, colleagues and friends and people he knows join the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. A couple of Georgia guys uh, have been uh, nominated. We touched on that last week's show. But, Coach, uh, everything that – it's been hopping at UGAsports.com the last few days. I mean, I got to give a shout-out to uh, Blaine Gilmer and Jed May. Those guys are killing it on the recruiting trail. There's been two back-to-back weekends of huge recruits coming into Athens, and they've been getting them on the phone. And that's a tough thing to do. When these guys come to visit, they don't always want to pick up the phone afterwards and tell you what their visit was like. But we're getting Jamal Jarrett. We're getting all these guys to answer the phone. Tell us about their visit. It's been a ton of information. The, the board is hopping, but that's kind of what everyone's thinking about. Yesterday, you got a huge recruit. Uh, Jed called me a couple of days ago, says, hey, this Josh Miller kid's about to flip from Penn State to Georgia. I'm like, I, I didn't know who he was. Uh, and Jed was all over. He's like, I, I just spoke to him for 10 minutes. I got a story ready to go. When he tells us, we're going to run it. So those guys are hopping. Recruiting's going crazy. But what the hell's going on with the players right now? It's 9,000 degrees outside. It's June. The players are back in town. You mentioned all the freshmen that came in on March on May 31st. What are they doing? What, what's going on with the team? Because I was, as re- hot as recruiting is, the players got to be hotter because it's hot as nine hells out there. Yeah, it really is. But uh, question, do you really believe what those guys are telling, Jed and Blaine? <laughs> <laughs> well, sure I'll put it to you this way. As long as they say it but I'm sure they're talking to the other people. But things are looking up for our they recruiting, do. no question about it. We've had – what happens usually now because these kids, you know, the recruiting cycles change from December and January visits to the summer, and they usually uh, try to get those w- really good ones in uh, as quick as they can. So we've had about, I think, 13 one weekend and like nine the next. So uh, we've had approximately half of the guys that re- we really want. Uh, you can only have 56 visits, and we never actually take all of those, I don't think. But getting back to our own players, which is really what I like to talk about because th- these guys are proven, and some of them a little bit unproven because they're just getting here. But uh, this is a really uh, big time for uh, making development. A couple things. You get to learn more about uh, your offense and defensive packages because you can meet with the coaches. But uh, physical and uh, mental development over the summer is huge because yeah. – you get to lift weights, you get to run, you get to do seven-on-seven, seven, you do some outside pass rush drills with offense and defensive linemen. Uh, coaches, of course, can't be there, but they do have some agility drills that the coaches, uh, that, that they are out there with them and uh, get to know some of these younger freshmen and see what they can do. But but generally, just uh, it's just where you get that bond of uh, getting to know your new guys, the new guys seeing what the standards are, uh, knowing who you can count on when it gets tough out there and, uh, and when they can hang in there. when, they, Like you said, the, the, the temperature now, you know they're going to be able to uh, count on them in the game because they, they really fight through all that conditioning-wise. So, um, And, of course, uh, as we mentioned, the, the recruiting process, which in, entails not only having kids for visits but also – evaluating kids during these camps. Uh, we've had several one-day camps where we had a lot of guys in and tested them and uh, worked them through their drills. And now they're having the uh, segment where they have seven-on-seven seven, where high school teams throughout Georgia and some of the contiguous states and some people as far away as Florida, I think uh, a group's coming in here from Miami. They like to come up here every year. But the idea is – uh, they compete against other teams to see where they stand, but also the coaches can see these kids out there and see their ball skills and their defensive skills against, you know, players of similar talent. And uh, it's just a really good uh, chance to see not only the upperclassmen, but, but guys that are coming on, like guys going into the 10th grade and 11th grade. So uh, good about, you know, the whole evaluation is great over the next few days. And, uh, 
very organized too. I mean, uh, they, they've got officials, you know, uh, back in the old days, you'd have these seven on seven camps and you'd have the coaches out there and coaches wouldn't want to make a prospect that you're getting ready to sign mad. So you wouldn't make a call against him. You know, he just, but, uh, <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that. But, but now they have, um, which I really think spare no expense. We have three, three officials per game. So you have one behind the offense, one behind the defense and one on the line of scrimmage. So, uh, it, it's very, are these real officials like SEC officials? Because normally, when we go to these seven on seven camps, you got an eighteen year old kid, yeah. you know, who's blowing a whistle. He has no idea what the hell's no, going on. They're there. they're really we we have the ones that we use here for our practices, and then wow. they uh, recruit people around the state to uh, come in and and let them uh, get a chance to practice. You know, a little bit being a high school official and and getting some, uh, you know, be around UGA, but. Uh, the one thing that kind of shaps some of our UGA people is some of these guys have a tendency to start watching our seven on seven and watching our guys work out and then get on the dog <laughs> and start talking. So uh, I think they have to sign a blood oath now that they're not going to say anything about what they see here. So, uh, you know, uh, which I can understand. That's not fair for them to be able to, I know Roddy would like for him to, and he's got people. I was just about to reach out to some of my, my referee buddies and go, hey, what's going on at what? What are, what are the players doing? How's Stetson Bennett look? <laughs> yeah, so anyhow, uh, that's pretty much a, the the way it goes. And uh, then uh, up through, uh, I think, June 30th. And then at that time, the coaches take a few weeks off, which they deserve. Uh, and uh, most of it's led by the uh, uh, strength coaches and some of the analysts stick around here. But uh, – the next two months are critical to your team's development, though. I mean, you, you've got to work hard at figuring out if some of these young guys can help you on special teams, like you mentioned, those two backs. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll see a lot of them uh, get some good work over the summer uh, and see what their skill set will be. We've got a lot of questions that have come in. I'm going to let Dan get a few of those from the dog vent, but I uh, just saw a note. Roddy, where are you? I am at the uh, Classic City Eats location out in Watkinsville. It's a fantastic restaurant. Behind me is the golf simulator. You can come out here and actually play rounds of golf. You hit it into a screen. The uh, sensors here uh, measure the trajectory and the power with which you hit the ball, and it uh, uses its algorithm and shows you a video of where your ball would have landed. So if you hit a nice drive down the middle, it goes you know 225 yards. Or if you're like me and you shank one in the woods, it shows it going off into the woods. So uh, it's a fantastic thing to use when you come out here. I would be doing the show out in the uh, main restaurant area to show you what's going on out there, but this place is absolutely packed. It's a Tuesday in June, and uh, it's too loud out there. It's, it's really uh, a lot going on in the rest of the restaurant. So it's a happening place out here in Watkinsville, so if you get a chance, come to Classic City Eats, get some great food, great drinks, and uh, try the golf simulator when you get a chance. Coach, I wanted to ask you, because a few years ago you said, hey, there's this kid, Jordan Davis. Not a lot of people are talking about him in the recruiting class, but watch out for him. And then after that it was, well, there's this kid, Jalen Carter. You might want to watch out for him. And then last year it was, hey, there's this guy, Brock Bowers, that you know we've heard something about. But at what point do coaches begin to understand with young guys like that what they kind of have on the roster? Can that be seen? in a summer period or be, be known question. from their work ethic? Or do you have to really get into that fall practice before that kind of reputation can emerge? Yeah, I mean, you bring out three three guys that are uh, pretty easy to, to uh, pick them out. But the one thing about Jordan early on, he didn't have the conditioning that he needed to sustain himself, and they had to work his way on the scout team a little bit more than those other two. But, the you know, you know the overriding guys that are just – can't miss. It's just hard not to, you know, just go into the dressing room and start yelling when nobody sees you. I can't believe this guy's here. Holy smoke, forward like that. You know, <laughs> seriously. Uh, and then sometimes you go in there and say, who in the world signed this guy? I mean, uh, so, you know, you got a dud, which, you know, hopefully you don't have many. We haven't had many around here, but uh, I think in the case of uh, our, our recruiting, um, there might be a few guys that haven't met the standards that we normally have because we weren't able to get some of these guys to camp because of COVID. 
and you, you sometimes you might miss on them, you know, just looking at the tape. But uh, as far as these guys coming in here right now, I mean, when you look at Marvin Jones and Singletary and uh, and Humphreys and those guys like that, they're just uh, – they can walk anywhere in the country and into the locker room and be, you know, among the better players. So uh, it just – have to see before I, I make my projection on like the Bowers and things like that. Maybe uh, end of July if I get a chance to watch the step. That's the one thing that I get to do a little bit in July is go over there and uh, watch them a little bit because uh, pretty much my only assignment from Kirby ever is hey, if you ever have a chance, just go by there and make sure they're working or like they're going to listen to me. But, uh, <laughs> I, I like to go over there and watch. But, but you can tell you can tell in July. So you don't have uh, today's question. You don't have to wait until they're out there in August. You can tell you know, over the summer workouts. And, hey, I'm just talking crazy. about. I'm just talking about the Siskoon Ball guy that just makes you just uh, one guy. I mean, I'm I'm gonna put my reputation on the line with that. So, uh, but we'll, we'll hold that one for July. But I, yeah, I, but right now, when you can tell the thing that's uh, pretty good about it. And I was talking to a couple guys when off the air here yesterday about they were asking what freshmen do when they come in early. I mean, it's just it, it's just so much better when a guy can come in here in January than, than in the, in June because you just you just don't have near the time to get ready that you would over four months like the, these guys. And the adjustment is 100 miles an hour compared to 35 miles an hour, you know what I mean? The guy had a chance to get his grades going, to, to get homesickness out of the way, to uh, be a normal student. Now these guys are just, uh, it's, you know, they're pretty much locked in 24-7 here for the next month and a half. Let's get to some questions over from the dog vent at ugasports.com. Uh, <laughs> this is a common one we get. Rowdy, I'm going to throw this to you. Dog Navis says, who's Bulldog Bob? <laughs> Bulldog Bob is a fantastic insider at UGAsports.com. He's probably or she is probably worth the uh, price of admission alone. Uh, it is somebody who is very well connected at UGA, and um, I would not put out their name uh, to reveal it. But I will say this. Uh, I genuinely don't know who it is. I, I would spell the name. I don't know who it is. <laughs> well, it's, it's, hyper, it's hypocritical of me because I don't want – Kirby's I want all of Kirby's secrets out so that we can report them and tell all our readers but I don't want our secrets out so <laughs> I will flat, flat admit I'm a super super uh, hypocritical person when it comes to that uh, we do have a great series of uh, insiders at ugasports.com and here's the thing no one's 100% I'm not 100% well maybe coach is 100% but that's not fair the rest of us are not 100% but Bob is like 99.999% right and he doesn't speak a whole lot and one of the first, one of the best bits of advice I got from Coach Donna when he started joining us on the, this show and, you know, uh, reading our stuff, he's like, you talk too much. It's like, it's like remember, what was it, E.F. Hutton coach? Like, when E.F. Hutton talks, or Straw talks, everyone listens. And I'm like, yeah, I, I do kind of go off at the mouth a little bit too much. But Bulldog Bob was doing that forever. You can't summon Bulldog Bob. He's not going to pop up every time. But when he does, people pay attention because if you don't say a whole lot, you know, and you spoke when it's when it's the most important. It takes off just like Coach John. If we have him on once a week, everybody tunes in because they got to hear what Coach John's going to say about last week and this upcoming week. So, uh, Bulldog Bob is a legend, and is definitely worth the admission at UJSports.com. Let's go to Rex Farrell. A pair of questions. I'll split them up. It says, Coach, what are you hearing on SEC expansion with the Pac-12 grant of rights running through 2023, same as the Big 12? Word on the street is teams like USC, UCLA, Oregon, and others would want to join the SEC or the Big 10 for the money. Do you see the SEC jumping to 18 or 20 teams in the next five years? Who knows? The thing we got to do first is get Oklahoma and Texas in here and see what happens. Everybody said, you know, they're going to come in quicker than 2025 when their actual deal runs out in the uh, Big 12, which, <clears throat> you know, is money driven. I mean, they got to pay a heck of a penalty if they come out before that. So, but I would say talking to my scribes around the country and people, and I think down the road we're going to have the mega conferences where we're going to have maybe three big conferences and then 
basically the haves and the have-nots and the, the people that really want to go for it and, and have the big-time programs, you know, probably going to split away from the NCAA, get a, their own packages as far as TV. Everything's going to be structured based on the mega conferences. So you can see, you know, three big conferences with like 15 to 18 in it. What was the part? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different question. It says, uh, bonus question for you. Growing up in Burlington, North Carolina, that puts you right on the line of demarcation between Eastern North Carolina vinegar barbecue and Western tomato-based barbecue. What style is your favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite barbecue restaurant in North Carolina? These guys are trying to eat at my heart here, really. <laughs> I love that question. That's, that is a... Uh, you know, I certainly like both of them, but it's just like anything. If you grow up eating one style, then that's what you're going to lean toward. But I, I like the vinegar-based, and I've got two really special places I like to eat. I, I've had Roddy go to one of them, Stamey's Barbecue in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, also Lexington Barbecue, which Lexington is the capital of the world for barbecue. You've got over 15 barbecue places there, but the one that is out there on the 29 Lexington barbecue. You get a slice, slice uh, barbecue plate to go down your throat. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sweet tea to make a bulldog break its chain and their hush puppies. And they have the, the red slaw, you know, the slaw that it's just made to go down easy. So this guy here, uh, we need to give him a membership. He just brought out some really good memories for me, but. <laughs> I know this. When I was growing up in Burlington, we had this place uh, uh, that was really good, but the guy ended up uh, closing his name, Jake's Barbecue. And uh, a lot of us athletes would go over there and eat uh, before practice or after practice, depending on when we could get there, especially in basketball. Because the girls would get to the gym sometime and we'd have it. So we had this guy named uh, Fuzz Carter that would uh, – always get french fries with it and jake would get mad because fuzz would use about a half a bottle of ketchup on his fries <laughs> over there so uh, but we you know jake's barbecue in burlington stamey's in greensboro if you want to go on west west of uh, of uh, lexington you can go to bridger's barbecue in shelby outstanding uh there's some couple barbecue places right off of uh 85 between charlotte and gastonia that are good too uh, he also, Rex Farrell says, thanks for the recommendation for, is it Bucci's Burgers and Pool Hall in Columbia, Missouri? Yeah, that Bucci's is, is one of the, I mean, you know, that's where uh, we used to have some of our players work there as bouncers, but, uh, you know, they got paid under the table, but we didn't know that. <laughs> You'd have no idea. How would you? Columbia's a lot like Athens. You've been there, Roddy. I mean, it's a, it's a real college town. It's a great town. And, uh, just uh, not a lot of industry around there. Just uh, very good, you know, halfway between St. Louis and Kansas City and really good town to live in. It is a really good one. I, I want to bring up a story from yesterday. So we were worried. What should say worried? But I mentioned how Jed and Blaine were getting all these guys to give us a recap of their official visits. One of the guys was Jamal Jarrett, the number two defensive tackle in the nation. He's telling me uh, – just saying, yeah, he's up in this area in North Carolina. I'm like, oh, I, I know where that area is. I, I I know where the barbecue area is in that joint. So here's the thing, Jed. If for some reason you don't get him, I'll take off Wednesday and ride up to North Carolina just to be sure we get that uh, Jamal Jarrett interview. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, sound, you sound very excited about it. I said, well, <laughs> there's this place called Stamey's. If I can go up there and get some uh, coleslaw and some hush puppies and this, these barbecue sandwiches, it would be worth the it'll be worth the story. <laughs> so yeah. So yes, I I didn't had no idea when I went up to see uh, Travis Shaw a few years ago, and Coach got me on Stamies, and yeah. he ruined me for barbecue anywhere else. Well, if you go to Eastern North Carolina, it's a lot, a little bit different than uh, you know you got mustard and vinegar combined there in Central North Carolina, and in Eastern it's mostly vinegar places like Parker's Barbecue there in Greenville, which is good, and there's one in Rocky Mount that's good too. So, but I would say. If you had had if you had had your last meal, I'd go to Lexington Barbecue and thank me later. 
On the topic of uh, college towns, this is a tease. Later in the show, uh, with the success of my list that Coach Donnan got to make fun of last week of best SEC starting quarterbacks, I have a uh, top five list of the least desirable college towns in the SEC. So that's going to be at the end of the show. Well, that'll be easy there. <laughs> uh, Columbia, Missouri, not on that list. Also, Athens, not on that list. Yeah, so I'll give you the five, in my opinion, worst college sounds in the SEC. Let's get back to questions from the dog vent. This is just fantastic. From Hydric, uh, Hydric Chaser, Thanks. Coach Donnan, is now a good time to go all in on Bitcoin? <laughs> hey, uh, I guarantee you that I don't know enough about it to uh, to answer that, but uh, don't hold that against me. I'm sorry. What do you think, Dane? Uh, I never got in on Bitcoin because I think it's a big grift. Uh, so I think now is a perfect time to get out of it. Uh, you'll probably lose money in the process. But yeah. I don't now, think now, it's. I don't think it's going anywhere. Go in. Oh, okay. Well, I, just don't bet my paycheck on it, Roddy. Buy the dips, man. It's down what sixty percent. It was uh, Bitcoin was what thirty three thousand dollars. It's dropped a, a plummeted. But here's the thing: if you believe in Bitcoin, now is the time to buy. If you okay. don't believe in Bitcoin, then don't don't invest in it at all. Fair enough. I mean, uh, it's, 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 that's a, that's the bigger question. So, but man, the, the economy just or the stock market for or the up and down in Bitcoin right now. It's not just related to that it's everything so it's a it's a, it's a dip so now's the time to buy if you like jason g17 uh he says coach what are the five or ten hardest stadiums to play in that's a lot so mm -hmm. i'll just say what are the hardest stadiums to play in whatever number you come up with if it's one or two or three whatever depends on if you got a good team or not <laughs> <laughs> some of these <laughs> let's assume that you do some of these places you just want to get in, realize that it's not going to be easy. Uh, you know, certainly Baton Rouge at night is is just uh, hard. Uh, but one of the best wins I ever had as a coach was was down there in '98. Uh, both of us ranked, but uh, I think that that's definitely one of them. Uh, another one that was hard for me, and it's not that big a stadium, but it's because of the way the contour of it is Boise State just goes the fields here in the stadium just goes straight up so everything just reverberates nothing can get out of there and very loud but uh, I, I don't want to talk about that game I'd still chat <laughs> my ass uh, well I mean playing the semifinals uh, I mean we had had him and a guy forgot to cover a guy on the boundary and just Ray Charles could have hit the guy he was so open I mean nobody even covering him but uh, anyhow, uh, you know, SEC, all of them are tough. I mean, it, it's no question about that. But uh, Ohio State uh, coached up there very loud. Michigan's loud. But if you got a good team, it's not very loud. I mean, you can control it. So uh, uh, I think you, you got to be careful that you give these stadiums too much credit. You know, I think UGA – Recently, it's turned into a heck of a home field advantage the way Kirby's got these fans jacked up to. Uh, and that's not a homer deal, but, I mean, it really has been a a very uh, good run here lately with our home home wins. I thought he was going to say Tennessee because of the height of the grass. Tennessee's a tough place to play uh, loud, but the, the grass is so bad. It's, I mean, it's hard to believe that's a major college stadium. Uh, to me, another, another one that, uh, from a loudness standpoint, is Auburn. Mm -hmm. This way, they have the right down there. It's it's right in your ear. Uh, Tennessee is awful. Uh, Clemson's always hot as nine hells. Um, I got oh. two. Yeah, our team's got two wins right there at Auburn, which I yeah. like. No, that, you want, but again, that, that's your point about having a good team. Only, only place, you know. I used to used to always kid on this show. People listen to us for the last. I guess I've been on here three years. I don't know how long, but I used to used to say, "Hey, you just get in there and pull their pants down because you embarrass them so bad." But we had a guy playing for us that had a that broke open on a. We had a hot route because they they would bring all these guys up and they would look like they were going to rush and then they'd back them off. But then once in a while they'd rush, you know, just and wouldn't cover our back. 
So we had a check where we were just going to dump it right over the line to him where the linebacker left. And uh, his name was Keith Derry. He caught the ball, and the free safety literally pulled his pants down, grabbed <laughs> him from behind, and his ass was showing and running down the field. It was unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Keith, of all the things could happen to you, you let a guy pull your pants down. Because I used to talk to our players about being embarrassed and stuff like that. He said, well, Coach, at least I gained about 30 yards for you in my pants down. I don't even know why I told that. That's a bad <laughs> That's a good story, Coach. I love it. Keith. <laughs> Bear-ass running down the field. Roddy, I do agree with you, though, that when Auburn's rocking, and it doesn't happen as frequently in this current iteration of Auburn, but like 2013, uh, I guess 2017, like when Auburn's rocking, it's right there at the top. That's very true. Uh, I think Georgia's just had some crappy luck in Jacksonville, but I don't think that's the stadium's fault. I think it's just something in the water down there. But uh, I do want to give a shout-out to the Georgia fans because Kirby did, and I'll reiterate that – it was the uh, Dan Jackson uh, blocked punt and fumble recovery for a touchdown in our series that uh, Anthony Nash has been doing at UGSports.com. We're basically going through Georgia's championship run and looking at each game and pulling out one play that was just, you know, uh, just a phenomenal play like uh, that 77-yard Brock Bowers touchdown against Georgia Tech, you know, where he should have been tackled three or four times. Uh, just crazy plays like that. One of them was the blocked punt uh and Kirby Smart, after the game, gave Georgia's fans credit because it was right there in front of the student section. It was so loud in there. You could just feel it, the vibrations, and it messed up the special team. So you haven't always been able to rely – I don't say rely. You, Sanford Stadium can be loud, but it doesn't always affect the game. That's one situation where it did. And I go back to the LSU game when it was so loud in that stadium and Leonard Floyd came through and I think got to Zach Bettenberger. 2013. You, yeah, you couldn't hear a damn thing in that place. I mean, it sounded like a jet and jet engine had landed midfield. It was just so loud. And I'm thinking, Zach, you used to this used to be for you. Now it's against you. And I kind of felt bad for the kid, you know, because he, he tried his uh, heart out. But sometimes that stadium just gets sideways with the with the volume, and uh, it's not a it's not a it's not always going on. But uh, when it is, it, it's a tough place to play as well. And Kirby's got him hyped up. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when. Uh, you go in that first game of the season and Brooke Whitmire announces, here come your national champion defending Bulldogs. That place is going to go sideways. Those Samford Bulldogs are going to be ready for that one. They're going to be scared crapless. Yeah. Uh, one more question from the dog vent, and then we'll uh, take a quick break here. From Billy Zane, what works better, coaching your personnel to do the things that you want to do on offense and defense or adapting what you do based on the abilities of your personnel? Probably a little bit of both, but does one take precedent over Great the other? Great question. Well, you always set up your offense and defense, first of all, to, to what you got to do to beat the best teams in your league. Okay. And, and then you adapt that accordingly to what your personnel can do. So – it might entail one year your defense is going to probably have to get out of their uh, personnel. I mean, their, their own little box a little bit and do more because your offense can't score and uh, or vice versa. But uh, I, I would say always adaptability is a real good uh, – an outstanding trait of any coach. Um, you just look at over the years' ability to change and, and make – the, the and go along with the times and also uh, stay up with uh, what everybody's doing and, and always constantly look at your at yourself and uh, I, I would say number one though is always don't beat yourself uh, penalties mental errors missed assignments uh, those things are just, just daggers for you so I always really tried to work hard on that. I mean, wouldn't it be, though, that if you have a player that's kind of transcendent, that that's the exception and not the rule? Like in your case, get Champ Bailey the ball because he's Champ Bailey. Like you find <laughs> a way to do that regardless of what the offense was otherwise? Oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to focus on some players that they can uh, make a di that are difference makers. You don't want to keep just pounding away. and, and uh, But certainly you got – things you want to look at to get those guys the ball, no question. It's like this year, 
you mentioned Bowers. I mean, I guarantee you that people are going to try to take him away from us, but uh, we've got a lot of other people that can, can hurt you different ways. So uh, that's what's, what's great about if you really work your offense uh, and have the flexibility, then you're going to be a step ahead of the defense usually because you're going to give them credit for trying to take away things. And so you got to be ready to go with what, what's going to happen if they do this, this is what we're going to do. And Kirby's real master of that too on uh, his Saturday morning meetings with the coaches that they have uh, projecting the game and doing a lot of what ifs, you know, uh, if we lose the second team snapper, who comes in, you know, they got a list of all these things. And the same thing about if, if we get a punt block, what are we going to go to right away? And all those things are, this is a good checklist, and, and most coaches have that, but I don't think they have near the in-depth one that we have. You talk about being a step ahead, and you know, Kirby Smart, and then what you want to do with your offensive defense. I want to mention two places that are a step ahead for our readers and viewers. If you get a chance, today is Tuesday's Father's Day's coming up this Sunday. You need to be a step ahead when it comes to getting an item for your father. So I want you to reach out to our friends at Dead Soxy. Go over to deadsoxy.com. Look at all their fantastic uh, socks they have over there. Incredibly comfortable, incredibly uh, well-made. They, you know, they actually use fantastic pro materials to make the products. They don't fall down. They have the True State technology. And I know it seems kind of cliche to get your dad a pair of socks, but being a father, I will tell you, I like my socks. And I'm very happy with it. socks that my family got me that are comfortable, and I wear them every freaking day. So get me good socks. Don't give me these crappy ones from Walmart or Kmart or uh, Target. I want good ones. I want some that are super comfortable. And if they feel really good, every time I put them on, I'm going to be like, thank you, family, for doing this. The reason I mention them right now and being a step ahead, it's if you order today and use uh, promo code UGA Sports. Remember the S on the end, UGA Sports. You'll get 35% off anything on their website. And you need to do it today because they need to ship them as soon as possible to get them in time for Father's Day. So don't wait till Thursday or Friday and be like, oh, Dad, they're, they're on there. My gift for you is on the way. Do it right now. Or at the end of the show, at 1 o'clock. Everybody head to uh, deadsoxy.com. Remember, promo code UGASports.com. Also, it's Tuesday. You need to get out your phone and get on the Europi app and hit up the order your pizzas from Europi. Order your salads, order your uh, breadsticks, order your sandwiches, order your custom pasta. Hit them up. The peach and prosciutto pizza is out now. It's a fantastic bestseller. Everyone loves it. They only do it in the summer because they actually wait till the peaches are ripe. They don't. It's, it's not one of those winter things when you're getting these. Uh, greenhouse grown peaches they actually get the really really good ones and i know drew french and natalie french when they tried this out they did it with georgia peaches so uh the peach and prosciutto pie is out now's the time to get it but do it on a tuesday again be a step ahead because you get double points on your app and that way you get the free pizzas the free breadsticks and all the the, the free gelatos the free drinks stuff like that uh by planning ahead if you've never had this thing, so they, this is a, a seasonal deal, but they do it every year. Uh, it's it's one of their featured pies, and you might be like a little, you might be a little hesitant and be like, "Ah, oh, peaches on my pizza." I don't, go try it because I'm I ain't gonna lie. It's one of the best pizzas I've ever had, and that that's not just because like they sponsor our show. I'm telling you, I texted people about this pizza the first time I had it, and I said, "It's the balsamic that works so well with the peaches." Yeah, I want to mention one other thing, too, about uh, your pie. Uh, Drew French just had his birthday here uh, a couple days ago, and I reached out to him and said a happy birthday. Also appreciate his support, not only of, uh, of this website, but also uh, UGA. He and Natalie, just really tremendous uh, supporters of all the sports. And when you look at his uh, uh, own situation here here's a guy that had a, had a really good idea and he's taking it what an entrepreneur and what a genuine guy the way he treats people uh, i just want to give him a shout out of being a, a guy that's a really good dog and i'm, I'm glad that we know him and, and all he does for uh, uga uh, like all of these people that uh, sponsor our show but 
we got to have a lot of different factors to have a good program. And we got some really good supporters. We do. We also got a lot of questions. We're going to try to get to these a little bit quicker than we normally do. Cause I'm, yeah, let's say I talk too much. I'll tell you one story here because it, it reminded me of uh, when I talked about Keith Deering getting his pants pulled down. The uh, defensive coordinator at the time was P.W. Underwood, who at one time was the uh, head coach of Southern Miss and then went on to uh, coach some other places. But P.W. was kind of a gruff old guy. He's a very good guy, but we were just coaching convention and guys were just sitting around talking about things. Some guy brought up and said, who is the – the best player that you ever missed on and turned down and didn't recruit. Well, there's about five or six of us and, and nobody, anybody ever heard of came up and, uh, and uh, he, he just kept on uh, looking at us and finally he said, well, I can tell you one thing right now, nobody here could ever uh, hold the candle to who I turned down and we're waiting for it. And he said, you know, I'm from Mississippi and, I turned down Walter Payton. Oh shit! <laughs> he, he turned down Walter Payton. Yeah, you know Payton went to a small, uh, all-black school there in Mississippi. But uh, he, he said, I looked at the tape. I could hardly see him. You know, he said in the film, I guess. So he said, but I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm embarrassed. But I'm telling you guys, I turned down Walter Payton. <laughs> yeah, he was so small, but man, yeah. I, I don't know how that stuff just doesn't eat at you every day, Coach. I'd be like, I could have, I could have. Oh. Yeah, you can't, you can't get too caught up in the guys you lost, but some of them, difference makers in you, still have a job or not if they go to another school. Well, there's some guys too that like once they get to the pros, like for whatever reason, they're late bloomers or they flourish there or the right situation, and then like you look back on it and you're like, I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, yeah that happens too. Uh, let's get to some of these questions. Our buddy Dog in France, I know he watches the show every week, and we appreciate that. He sends us a question just about every week. I think he's about six hours ahead of us. Seven, five, seven. Anyway, I uh, says, who will be George's leading receiver this season, not named Brock Bowers? A.D. Mitchell. Okay. I'm going McConkie. I'm the leader of the McConkie bandwagon. I mean, I'm, I'm waving I'm, that flag. I'm, I'm for him, too, but he, he's going to have to share time with uh, – some guys, uh, uh, we're going to get to some guys back that have been hurt, and you got a lot of inside receivers playing. But I just think Mitchell on the outside has proven himself, and is, is uh, the ex receiver just going to get more throws when you when you're jumping all over the tight end and everything. I mean, it could oh, happen. it could happen. Uh, we won't have anybody that that many because. Uh, we're going to have a lot of people playing in third and fourth quarter that aren't starters. So y'all like all the shiny new toys. I'm going with Dom Blaylock. <laughs> hey, Dom's good. I mean, anything we say, we could go back and forth. I just go on to the next one there. Just say the, say the next tight end. Just say Gilbert, you know? <laughs> like, if, if they're going to cover one tight end, go to the other one. No, he's that's a, a good point. He's, yeah. He's a third tight end, though. Go to Darnell. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of which, I don't, a lot of people don't realize this, but Reed Gilbert was one of the hosts on this past this past uh, official visit weekend. He was showing one of the guys around. So people are like, oh, he'll, he'll never play at UGA. Well, hell, he's recruiting for you. So um, that's pretty good. Is any kin to Eric Gilbert? Uh, oh, <laughs> Coach, on the official <laughs> site, it says Arik Gilbert. Brother. So, I, I know it says I just call him AG, but he, he really he looks good. Uh, those guys, that's a critical issue on an official visit. Can you imagine how much time a guy's spending with the player compared yeah. to the coach? Or I mean, and and they're going to be talking to him, uh, really kind of opening up their their thoughts about uh, what they're going to do. And hey, is it really like this? And that's something we used to really spend a lot of time on uh, deciding who the actual host was going to be. And then uh, I'm just divulging here a little bit, but you had a little deal. Let's pretend Roddy is an uh, uh, extra back and Dane, your extra receiver. And I'll say, okay, well, at uh, 11 o'clock tonight, I want you to be over here at this place and meet him and just happened to start talking to him. And then at 1230, Dane, I want you to be over here at such and such and just happened to fall in in place with him. And tomorrow morning when we're eating breakfast, um, Jed May, I want you to kind of just do a drop by here and 
uh, I mean, it, it ends up that a lot of these guys inadvertently get to see him, but you don't want to have a situation where he's with the same guy the whole time. So you got to spread it out there and let those let him get some different uh, input there. One of my favorite things in that video that they put out of Jordan Davis being back in Athens and sitting in Kirby's chair and surprising him in that meeting was that one of Kirby's first questions was, has he seen the recruits? <laughs> oh, that's what he, we got a guy from North Carolina here. Go talk to him. Thing, uh, uh, you know, uh, I just happened to see JD when he was walking in there uh, to the training room and everybody, He, I mean, it just, his bubbling personality, he just, speak to everybody in the room you know what i mean he just wanted to he was just glad to be back and he's just one of the guys but uh yeah i, I forgot to ask him how he's how he was getting along with stacy rocker i mean that's his position coach oh yeah tracy rocker winds up getting a tracy uh, i mean my bad uh, stacy yeah. might be ken eric gilbert he <laughs> 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 busting my balls the whole show well, stacy instead of tracy but uh if yeah, he'd have stayed here i'd have called him tracy there you go. Uh, 21 Dog says, Coach, which, which assistant coach did you learn the most from? About what to do or what not to do? It, it, he doesn't <laughs> play. Yeah. He just <laughs> – you could go both ways. He just said, which I mean, coach? Was, yeah, here, don't, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I'm telling you, over the years, I, had, I was with some really good assistant coaches, and I was with some really horseshit. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about – that's the only way to – describe it uh, fair absolutely they were fair. Just, uh, it's unbelievable they could have a job coaching in college but uh, so anyhow uh, tough that's tough uh, I can tell you that the guys I learned the most football from that were Joe Gibbs and uh, uh, for sure on the field stuff with Joe Gibbs watching the Chargers and, and the Redskins practice and talking to him off the field. And, uh, uh, but I would say the two years I spent with Bill Parcells, we were in the same office back there when we were coaching. You had an offense and defensive coach in the office. You didn't have two offenses. So we shared a lot of ideas about what to do and what not to do. And then over the years, he – uh, I had access to talking to him and Belichick and people that worked for him. So uh, Charlie Weiss, so I'd say Parcells. Okay, that's, that's a good one. Uh, our buddy out in Texas, Dallas Dog says, which freshman running back sees the field first, Branson, Branson Robinson or Andrew Paul and why? I know who he wants us to say because Andrew Paul's out from that Texas way, but uh, – uh, your thoughts, Coach? I think it depends on uh, depends on which special teams go out on the field first. Both these guys are going to get on the field quicker, special teams wise, whether okay. it's being a kickoff return part of the wedge or actually returning it, punt return cover, something like that. But they got three guys ahead of them. Uh, going to be hard to, to move in there right away with those guys, but I, I think both of them got good skill set. Uh, I talked to Del McGee early uh, last week after they got here. He said that, that he's real happy with both of them, so uh, he wouldn't say that if he wasn't. So, uh, yeah, I think th they don't get to see him do ball drills and stuff uh, unless they just happen to be walking by when they're doing the seven-on-sevens, which occasionally happens, but uh, – you didn't catch that, Roddy. So, I didn't, uh, yeah, I'd say a word. So, anyhow, uh, that's an inadvertent deal. But I think both of these guys have a really good, good uh, feel for the game. Uh, Paul really pennies from heaven getting a guy like him from Texas. And they, we all know about the strength that, that the other guy has. So, we're going to be really good in the back. I think people have no idea how good McIntosh is with his skill level and then Milton. It's just uh, ready to branch out. And, you know, Edwards is a good little changeup guy. Cover up your mic, Coach. I just wanted you to not hear that last part, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to go uh, with Branson Robinson. Main, just because – check my thinking here, Coach. They're go, those guys are going to get in towards the end of the game. The game's out of hand, and Kirby likes to run the clock out. You know, we've seen these eight-minute drives in the fourth quarter. You just run the ball, run the ball. And to me, that's between the tackles, 
strength on strength, just run the clock out and just handed that big power back. And there you go, run, run, run right there behind that guard and let's uh, get five yards and move the chains and let's get the hell out of here before anybody gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, that could happen, but he's got to beat Paul out to be the fourth guy out there too. Yeah, that, that, I, that's just a guess on my part. It's just on build. I don't know. 2,616 yards Andrew Paul had in his senior season, and uh, we had him at 300, 300, and 400 yards his last three games of high school football. It's 16 touchdowns in those in the last three games. So he's, he's, a, real, he, he's a producer. He's a steal. Yeah. I mean, recent history says that about three running backs get significant carries at Georgia during a season. Uh, and, and, you know, if injuries happen, then it goes to more. But, like, four and five have to be ready because it takes one injury to be in that mix to be in those three getting getting carries. True. Yeah, they might just run Edwards the whole game after – the game starts to get out of hand too. Yeah, I can see maybe one of these two McIntosh or Milton being a little bit more go-to guy than than maybe we had the split between White and Cook too. I, I can see one of them really surfacing and be they're both really good. So one of them might really take the bull by the horns. Uh, speaking of really good, I want to mention our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. They have some live music uh, coming up. Uh, every, they do stuff like this every Sunday, so. Uh, you swing by Academia Brewing Company, check it out. Uh, they have their Hell's uh, Babes is back, another beer. It's a lager brewed with peaches. Uh, fantastic. And goes for a good cause there. So, uh, so get that and a pizza prosciutto pie from your pie, and then you'll be like <laughs> the best Georgian in the state. Yeah, they've got their uh, uh, Publica Coffee Blonde in there. There's so many. I can sit there and just go through their Facebook page and tell you about all these, the, the free mu- or the music they have out there. And all the different beers that keep popping up, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, of course, their IQ IPA is a, a huge winner and wins all these awards. They have wine Wednesdays and then game nights on uh, Wednesdays as well. Excuse me, game nights on Mondays and then trivia Tuesdays. Point being, if you watch this show and you're coming to Athens, you say, hey, I need a recommendation for where to take my family out to eat. There's a lot of places we can recommend, but one of the top ones will always be Academia Brewing Company, not just because of the brewing, not because of all the great beer, but it's great food. And there's always something neat going on out there. You're looking for a place that's hopping. You're looking for a place where if you go there, you can watch the Braves game, watch their the, the big streak they're on, uh, or you can go sit and have beers with your friends in the lounge area, or you can sit outside, enjoy the nice weather, maybe in the evening, not right now when it's 900 degrees, but it's just a great place to go and check out the visit. Uh, also, when you're on that side of town, you're very close to a uh, place that's near and dear to my heart, you know, Athens Ford. So you're like, hey, let's go see what the, the new Fords look like. Let's go see the new Broncos. Let's go see that Ford F-150 electronic vehicle or electric vehicle. Uh, let's go check out all the new stuff out there. And let's actually go see a dealership that has cars on the lot. I know that's a rarity in these uh, times, but they actually do have vehicles out there, 200 of them to, to be precise. Swing by our friends at... Uh, Athens Ford, check them out. If you need service, we mentioned earlier in the show, being a step ahead. Be, you know, if Let's get your AC checked out. Let's get your brakes checked out. Let's get the oil changed, stuff like that. Swing by our friends at Athens Ford. They do fantastic service. They don't uh, try to upsell you on short, uh, services you don't need. They don't come in and tell you you need more uh, fluid for your brake lights, you know, or your, for your brake signals. You know, you don't need the... Uh, uh, the new improved windshield wipers that, you know, uh, repel alien invasions. They don't do any of that kind of garbage upsell type stuff. They do good work and they're honest. So tough to find in the uh, auto industry. And they just celebrated uh, 10 years. And I noticed that uh, our GM out there, the owner out there was giving away Cartier watches to people who had been around 10 years. So uh, they value their employees and that shows in the service that they give to you. So, uh, Visit our friends at Athens Ford when you get a chance. How's your son liking his car? He loves that Toyota like more than me. He loves it more than me. So, of course, that doesn't take a whole lot. But uh, <laughs> no, it's nice to have. He was driving that old truck without AC, and now he's working at the beach. And he's like, Dad, when I get off work, <laughs> AC works. This is lovely. Plus, me and his mom feel so much better knowing that he has a side impact, airbags, and all that stuff. He's, I mean, he's living on his own, working to get ready for college this year. So, uh, I feel. I feel comfortable knowing he's in a safe car, so it feels easier. Uh, CCUGA says, what do we know about Joshua Miller? Joshua Miller is the um, 
Virginia offensive tackle slash guard who was a Penn State commit until this past weekend. Then he flipped to Georgia. So uh, that was the big news yesterday at noon or noon 30. And um, what we know about Joshua Miller is Georgia likes him as a tackle guard or center. That's the kind of the buzz going around that we heard was that he could do multiple spots. Coach, that's is that your swing man? Is that your guy that you bring in? That I mean, a, lot of, a lot of times you do that. I mean, you're probably going to take five O linemen this year. But I think in the case of Coach Searles coming in here as a new coach, uh, they're going to be uh, any coach you bring in is going to have some people that he might have access to that you might not have known about. Uh, didn't know about Josh Miller at all. <laughs> based on uh, previous recruiting and, you know, Virginia area, Chatham up there where he's from is very close to North Carolina and North Carolina recruits it. So he's probably had a chance to look at this kid in a camp earlier. Uh, and then he came to ours and really kind of wowed him a little bit. You know, he's not ranked that high at this point, but he's from such a small school. It's hard to have a ranking going into your junior year like that. I think we're going to see him move up in the rankings just because of what I've heard from our coaches and other people about how he worked out here. Uh, kind of like what happened with uh, when we got the kid from New Jersey, everybody's wondering why we got, took him from Penn state, uh, the guard uh, that, that's doing pretty good for us. Willick. Uh, you know, Devin Willick. Uh, so you just never know what propels that. But uh, I always felt like if a coach that has that position and let's say I'm the head coach and you're trying to sell me on a kid that's up in the air. If he's ready to jump up on the table and stake his reputation, so to speak, that he, this is what you want in a player, kind of like what Pittman did, changing the style here, bigger guys and more mass and all. I think that's uh, – Kirby wants to work within the framework of assistant coach too. And if Stacy wants the guy, then that, that makes a lot of difference. And – uh I know Penn State's not too happy about it, but uh, I've, I've heard some good behind-the-scenes stuff about this guy's a kind of a sleeper from the standpoint of national knowledge about him. But we don't really take yeah. guys like that unless they work them out here. He came to our camp and did a good job. So, uh, and, and Kirby spent a lot of time recruiting him. So, I mean, that, he got big, Kirby's heart's attention. He's a big guy. Uh, I always like to look at the other teams that were in the running. Teams that are trying to flip this kid. Uh, LSU and Texas A&M were in on him, so it's not like it was uh, you're going up against, you know, Sisters of the Poor and you know, directional school U. So he, there are some big teams that wanted him as well. I was reminded that Penn State plays at Auburn in Week Three this year. And then I thought about it, and I don't know what Penn State fans think of James Franklin. Like They haven't been in contention for a title or anything, but maybe they're okay with that. We know Auburn with Harson has been a little bit of a rocky road. That could be one of those games that like it spirals downhill fast for the loser. Like I'm already seeing games like that on the schedule pop up. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Riley, who seems to ask a question about Arch Manning every week, <laughs> Riley says, another Arch question, if you will. If, and I know this is a big if, Coach, if we land Arch Manning, who will be the person most responsible? I'm assuming he means in the Georgia staff. <laughs> oh, I was getting ready to say Cooper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> His mama. <laughs> very, very, yeah, Arch himself. You know, but, it's going to uh, be could be a family decision, that's for sure. But uh, I would say Kirby, uh, he's the one constant that, that, that they're going to base it on who the boss is. And certainly all these assistant coaches that are involved, like Munkin, and uh, have a lot to say about it. But uh, usually the kid goes to school because of the system and the head coach and all that. But now NIL means a lot, too, and there's going to be some – Heavy NIL involved in it, all these big guys, so uh, I'm not sure to what extent uh, that'll be. But uh, I, I, you don't worry about who gets the, the love when you when you get a guy. I mean, that was a good question, but I would say Kirby would be the difference maker here. That's a good one because we get you know people say, well, who landed them? You know, and that's all, that's always the kind of reputation. Who did you get? So 
I see why he's asking that. I mean, would this be a monkey yeah, guy? Would this be a Kirby guy? Yeah. Good, good question. And I think, uh, you know, I worry about Alabama. I don't care what anybody says. I worry about them. Hard to beat them. I mean, look back over the years. How many guys have we beat Alabama on? I mean, it's hard. It is. I'm not going to rule out Texas. Like, uh, well, everybody knows that. What? No, I'm just saying I won't rule them out. It's not – I just don't – it was like, oh, well, Georgia's ahead of them. I'm like, you don't know that. Why do you keep saying that? Just no, I mean, let it play out, folks. You don't, don't – I don't need the people guessing on a horse race when the kid hasn't decided yet. I think the Texas visit will be a lot of uh, an economical visit there. I mean <laughs> – all right, uh, do you want to give them your uh, list there, Dane? Here we go. The uh -oh. top five least desirable college towns in the SEC. And I'll take reactions from both of you as I get them. Number five, Texas A&M, College Station, Texas. I haven't been. All right. That's just that's yeah, hearsay I can't tell you shit about it. I haven't been. <laughs> yeah, it's not that great. Number four, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I disagree with that. I mean, I think it's a good town. People, I, the people I spoke to about Tuscaloosa rave about it. So I've been there twice. Um, but, you know, we were in and out. And I just know getting out of that place is a pain in the ass. But then getting out of Athens is a pain, too. So um, All right. I've, heard, I've heard good things. Number three, Gainesville, Florida. Hellhole. <laughs> hey. Anything you say about them, just say it. Go ahead. <laughs> Number two, Starkville, Mississippi. Oh, who's going to be one if they're two? <laughs> <laughs> and number one, the hottest place on the face of the earth, Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, that's a, that's a good toss-up there. So you did a good job on those, buddy. All right, so my list got better from last week when Coach gave me all yeah, kinds was, of hell. It was that was very, very I, good. I, I, I want to defend the the Colombians, the South Carolinians. It, it's, it has good parts of town and bad parts of town, but I, I always give credit to the South Carolina fans who were filling out that stadium when they were going. Oh, yeah, they, they do a the good fans job. Are great. They are good. They are. It's Not just so hot. That's all it, it is. It is. It's yeah, just it's so hot. hot. Well, it's always George always faces them, you know, and like the. August 31st, you know, September 1st. Like, get that game back. Maybe feel a lot different, you know, if you're going there in, like, November 18th or go, like that. You got to go there early September this year, right? Yeah, play it, play it at 8 a.m. Like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up football. Let's go. Well, it's, it's not so much the heat. And, Coach, back me up here if I'm, if I'm right. Ignore me if I'm wrong. It seems like every time Georgia plays with their big game, it rains. You get this thunderstorm come through, and it pours down, and then it – the teams leave the field for a minute, they come back out, and it's just humid and wet and gross. Yeah, that's true. And I remember when uh, we had to play the game on Sunday, they called one off. And oh, had, yeah. I forgot about that. Hurricane, but, I mean, it was unbelievable. But, uh, Bad weather that, well, in that city. It's going to be interesting to see uh, the paradox here of the second year for Josh Heupel at Tennessee and – uh, Coach Beamer at South Carolina, you know, because they both had significant improvement from the year before for, for both programs. It's going to be interesting to see how they can sustain that. Uh, uh, who's going to be able to make that, keep it going like they did. And, you know, both fan bases are just all in right now, but uh, you know how they can jump off pretty quick. But hey, that's true. I mean I was, that that number three spot in the SEC seems to be up for grabs. Like Georgia's obviously in the East. Georgia's at number one. I think Kentucky's proven it's the second most consistent team in the league the last couple of years. What happens after that? Because Florida's up in the air. Yeah, the thing that Kentucky has the quarterback, so that helps, and so does Tennessee. And everybody's shot in the butt about Spencer Rattler. Uh, I'm not uh, based on. Uh, you know, he, he's definitely going to Where's the Oklahoma it. love, Coach? I mean, he ain't in Oklahoma no more. <laughs> uh, he, he was, we, we, were, we weren't on the Spencer Brandrag. We weren't on his Brandrag wagon out there. But uh, 
we'll see how it goes. But any, any one last question here? What we got? Is it time to leave? No, that's it. We're, we're, we're going to leave it there. Uh, I'm sure we'll get we'll hit up some. Uh, I got a couple other questions, but we're running a little bit late. We'll save those for next week. So again, folks, be sure to share this with your friends. We we really appreciate when you do that. It means a lot to us. And you know, put your questions into the uh, chat area, and we'll save them for next week. We'll jump on them. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to our uh, sponsors, of course, Athens Ford, Europi, Academia Brew Company, and Dead Soxy. And again, jump on that Dead Soxy deal. UGA Sports is the promo code, 35% off for Father's Day. So do that quickly. Don't wait till tomorrow or Thursday, and then you're kind of screwed. So jump on that quickly. And again, tune in to us next Tuesday at noon. We will have uh, more from Coach Donnan, and we will answer more of your questions then. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, folks. Happy, happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy, yeah, Father's, Day. happy Father's Day.